And we're back. <laughs> Scary. Are we really? <laughs> yeah, or something. Something. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Uh, hold on, I need to look at this. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're okay. not better gamers than you, we just have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have a better time at your game, because the only way to win a role-playing game is, is to have, have fun. fun. That was almost together. We're getting better at it that. It was pretty close. Oh, terrible. Yeah. I, I've been doing it a little off this whole time on purpose. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we are aware no. because you smirk every time afterwards. You're like, yeah. ha ha, I, I tricked him. And, and nobody thinks it's as funny as you do. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is this isn't a paying gig, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Well, if COVID would end... We could let it would be buying dinners again. Mm-hmm. Miss that. It's true. It's true. I've never broken even on the gas though, really, to drive you. I mean, I, I'm not complaining, but but you're you complaining. Know, driving to Cleveland, even from my work, is pretty good drive. Okay, I know. Would you like to give us some more guilt, Jason? <laughs> hey, it's not my fault. Y'all live in the worst city. Uh-huh. You live in. Like you don't even remember. Yeah, that's how bad. It's south, South Pittsburgh. Now, and not it's right now. It's now not even Pimble. Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the South Pittsburgh that's so bad. It's not even in Pennsylvania. Look, <laughs> does anybody want to be in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no? You do have like a haunted abandoned hospital or something though don't you oh a sanitarium oh, yeah, definitely we're probably gonna we've got multiple haunted places in town so there nice we got the hills bar dam and it's supposed to be haunted it's an old condemned dam that was partially demolished and supposedly it's haunted it's just isn't it just the powerhouse now just the powerhouse but it still sticks out into the river yeah and it's like uh, half submerged uh yeah, when things submerged. are better we should go i've been told that there is a tunnel that passes underneath the river that was originally built for the dam. And that, you know, of course, this is back when I was a teenager and people would claim that they'd been under there. But mm. also later on, I learned that that's, you know, there probably is a tunnel underneath the river. Just is it flooded? I don't know. Right. And would you want to be halfway yeah, through it and discover that, you know, it's it is, not yeah, solid that it anymore? is, in fact, flooded <laughs> and rising and doom right <laughs> there's there's also the haunted hospital which is weird to me because it's just used to be the hospital that was terrible right in town and now it's haunted well maybe condemned. it's haunted because it was terrible well they did have a lot of rumors about people that they killed through gross negligence wow. and is part of the reason why they went out of business <laughs> well you know, like small town hospitals yeah all right, well, I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon. Joining me, as always, is Carrie the legend. Hello. And Jason, the favorite. I've said enough, no jokes. Keep okay, going. good, yes. Yeah, folks who are wondering where we've been, uh, it's <laughs> Carrie's fault. 
<laughs> That's not true. Uh, it's actually uh, a gentleman named Rob Alderman. Oh my god! <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to name names. He gave he viciously gave Carrie COVID. Yeah, so you can email him at no. no. <laughs> So everybody send Rob a text no. at. <laughs> the, the beauty is, is that five of our listeners of the 10 know Rob personally. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Now, Rob didn't, he didn't know he had it, it and he got it a lot worse than Carrie did, mm-hmm. honestly. So, but anyway, he's, he's getting better. He's better as well, but we are glad that, that Carrie did not die. Yeah, it's getting rough out there, folks. Mm-hmm. Wear your masks. No, absolutely. It is It is not a pleasant experience, everyone. Please be was this safe the, and healthy. Was this Rob's fourth or fifth infection? <laughs> <laughs> Rob's not a Patreon, but you could be. That's, a, that's my segue. If you are, we promise to not talk shit about you as, well, as much. Oh, as much. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, because, you know. As much. So, or Noah. <laughs> We won't give out your uh, email address. Yeah. So we do have we do have a Patreon where you can become a patron of the show and help to keep us on the air. Uh, it it pays for everything but Jason's gas. And uh, yeah, and at certain levels, uh, you are able to get some free stuff like postcards, and you can get a book and prints and uh, shout outs on the show. And today we're doing shout outs on the show. Okay. Yeah. So tell us, tell us, tell. Oh wait. We have a new patron. What? You didn't tell me. We do. <gasps> we have Chris Postelnik of the Corpses and Curios podcast. podcast. Yay. Oh, cool. Hi, yeah. Chris. They are a live play podcast, mm-hmm. and they are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carrie, you've actually even done uh, logo work for them did, or something, for, didn't for you? this season. Yeah. I did their, their logo. So that's super fun. And yeah. Chris is a good guy. And, uh, um, yeah. So that's exciting. anyway, check out corpses and curios. You can find them on, on Twitter. And, uh, um, you know, of course you can find them on, on their podcasts is platforms is helpful. They should call it instead of a live play, a dead play. So it's corpses. corpses. <laughs> Or maybe an undead play. Right. No. Well, I know one of, I remember one myself. of the main characters is a vampire. A vampire. <laughs> but not all of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spooky. All right. So who else do we have? We have Josh Heath with Werewolf the Podcast and Joel Eastland. Uh, Salim Halabi. 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 And Drew Stevens. <laughs> like how he just kept going. If I just keep going, I'm just going to keep going. Salim's name, they will. Ryan Martin. <laughs> Ryan Galeato of Byways Larp. That was, that was pretty much on. Good job. Yeah. Well, I can pronounce those names way better. It's a I... talent. <laughs> Cameron Pruitt. My Gary's favorite. favorite Cameron. He's my, no, he's my favorite. Oh, he's nice. He's my favorite Cameron. He's my favorite. He is adorable. I have to he give him is. that. He is. Then what about Noah Coltrip? I'm glad you asked. So this week, Noah Coltrip is traveling to Centerville, Virginia. What's he doing there? He's visiting the Bolero. What? You might be asking yourself, why is he at the Bolero? Well, I'll tell you. He is investigating the opportunity to bring everybody to 
to the bowling lanes and celebrate because the best in bowling and epic parties is waiting for you at Bolero. You see, he just got engaged. And nothing says, this is our wedding venue, quite like Bolero. No! This, this place is perfect for birthdays, graduations, if you're just looking for a bar or a bat mitzvah. <laughs> Quinceañeras, sweet 16s, they will rock them all. Bowl with your friends and have a ton of fun on the coolest lanes. Play the latest and greatest arcade games and experience awesome food and drinks from their outrageous menus. Feel like a total VIP with their signature laneside service. Do you want your wedding to be original and unforgettable? The Bolero Party Pros are there to help you make it happen. Roll in. Party on. Be bold. No. No, uh... I thought it was going to be a museum about those ties. Oh. Bowlers? Aren't they bola. hats? I That's thought bowlers. Bola. Oh, yeah. bola ties, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes, and then finally we have the patron saint of the podcast. Oh, yes. Sarah. Sarah. Ra, 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 ra. <laughs> well, I like how we all sound like a different Muppet when we do that. <laughs> no, we're doing our best. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, listen, if uh, you would like to help us out, help to keep the show on the air and uh, maybe one day, you know, give us enough money that we could pay Jason's gas. So we'll quit oh griping about it. <laughs> I'll never quit griping about it. You can go to patreon.com slash honor roll podcast and become a patron, get some free stuff. And, uh, and it would be really awesome. If you'll join at the hundred dollar level, I'll gripe more. Oh gosh. Can they at least choose what you're griping about? Yes. All yes. Right. That's fair. Well, at a hundred bucks. Limits. Sure, sure. I don't talk about feet. Well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers... That's not true. You talk about feet all the time, you weirdo. Oh, my gosh. I don't gripe about feet. Okay, that's fair. I like them too much. When last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were here on uh, a Zoom call (laughs) recording a podcast. It was 19,000 days ago. Yeah. But because of COVID, it only felt like a week. Sure. So, Carrie... What have you been up to? I have been sleeping. Yeah. And forgetting what I was saying. (laughs) That's basically been my life for the past month is sleeping and forgetting what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. COVID sucks. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Anything else? Um, It's good for our demographics so that you got it. No, it's great. Now you have something relates to the the listeners. Oh, my gosh. I'm just glad Um, that Carrie got it and not you or I, Jason, because the last thing I'd want to be is us accused of being sexist. Oh, that's... Woof. I hope the editor is kind. (laughs) (laughs) I have... uh, I've been trying to do some work. I I got a couple little little commissions done, but I'm, I'm still trying to power through the rest so we'll see if i get them done before the holidays here yeah yep cool 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 what about you jason what have you been up to there's supposed to be another stimulus package yeah Yeah. in two years Uh, other than uh, i just got that new tasha's cauldron of everything the the new dnd source books i've been reading it right uh it's not bad uh this is gonna sound weird like i like dnd stuff but, that does uh, sound weird. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, not everybody does, right? 
And some people are really weird about D&D now, which I get. But anyway, I had hoped for more. You know, it's good. It's good. Uh, I don't know that it was worth uh, $35. I think it's a $20 source book. Uh, Did you get the fancy cover? No, because, you know, it's more money. And I would have to have went to a game store, right, to get the fancy cover? That is true. Yeah. Which I would love to go to game stores, but not during a pandemic. Sorry. Sorry, guys. That is fair. Uh, it's not bad, though. It's good. Uh, there's some cool stuff uh, that I've talked to my players about. I'm going to hopefully be running another session this weekend with my work group. I've also uh, gotten obsessed with the How to Drink YouTube series, so I've been making cocktails a bunch, <laughs> which I've always liked to do. But it's a really great YouTube series. Watch us and then watch them to recover from watching us. Nice. So what's your favorite cocktail that you've made so far? Uh, I've got two, a Tom Collins, which is just – like gin, lemon juice, sugar, and seltzer. It's okay. delicious. It's a perfect summer drink. Uh, my other one, though, is a whiskey sour, which is, again, just lemon, whiskey, sugar, and bitters shaken with an egg white. And then when you pour it up, it is, like, creamy and just delicious and crazy. That's what I think y'all should do with the caramel uh, liquor y'all got. What's it? Caramel, we just got caramel, caramel oil. Salted, you try that. Salted caramel crown royale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet that would be really good with it. Although, let's be honest, Ryan, you bought it for the bag. Yeah, I need dice bag. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you should post a picture of your dice bag. It's, it's got a snowflake on it. <laughs> so now he has a seasonal <laughs> dice bag. So, I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of flavored whiskeys, but I'm tempted because that dice bag does look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, Caramel and I like caramel. What have you been doing, Ryan? Um, caregiving. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Not according to the messages I've been getting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know it's it. Uh, there's there is actually a little bit of truth to that. You know, I still had to mm-hmm. keep keep Dakota going and with her school and stuff like that while sure. while Carrie was down and stuff. So so I mean there was and an element of that. Yeah, and I'm still working, and yeah. I'm working from home because since I was quarantined, since Carrie had it, um, mm-hmm. I had to work exclusively from home, which is more difficult. Everything takes a little bit longer, um, you know. It's all a little bit harder to do, yeah, and stuff. So, but you know, we did have this like intricate like set the set dinner down on the TV tray outside the door knock and then and then run, run and then run and then i'd put my mask on get the food close it you know and yeah or if i had to like use the restroom yeah like i'd have to like leave one of the lights on and we had a can of uh lysol spray <laughs> you know like yeah. just for it was like bizarre I, we did have some excitement for thanksgiving though oh my god we got like an hour and a half into our cu- cooking of the turkey and then our oven caught on fire <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all uh, messaged me, and at first I was like, why are they sending me a picture of their oven? So I'm like, here's a picture of my oven. <laughs> it was but so weird. Y'all's had a fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, it was weird, but the, the, the heating coil in the bottom of the oven, like, started burning, and it was – it was, there was a little fire and a bunch of sparks, and it like was burning across, you know, along it, it like it was almost like a fuse it, for it an old dynamite like, stick. I was gonna say it looked like a cartoon bomb. <laughs> the, the fuse going down as it was following yeah. it. I was like, we need to turn this off before it hits the yeah. end. Yeah, but explodes. the it, you know, but this would be like the third time that I would be replacing that 
that coil, that mm-hmm. heating co- element in like, you know, two years. And so I, there's clearly there is something further, you know, wrong with it. And it's very yeah. old. So, so we just getting a new one. It sounds like you got a short or something. And at this point, you're right. If you've changed it out that many times, it's yeah. time to go. You should never have to change it more than once in the life of a stove, really. Unless you've had, like, something s- so. seriously boil over in the oven or something. <laughs> I mean, because that happens. But, sometimes it. Sometimes you short them out just because you you have drippings. But, yeah, for the most part, right. you shouldn't be having to do that just out of normal use. So Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was, so it was really funny because the way I discovered it is that like I was standing in front of the oven and I was like, who is shining a flashlight on my pants? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it was literally burning so bright. It was like, there was a spotlight in the oven pointing at my pants. And I was just, I was just like, don't go into the light, Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. It will burn tur- you. That was our turkey's name this year. <laughs> Carol Ann. Uh, so. I, I was thinking that maybe what it would mean is you would get to solve that ancient question of, if I put my turkey on 400 for four hours <laughs> or 800 for two hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, we just wrapped it up in aluminum foil and threw it in the microwave for a little no, bit. No, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have those browning sleeves for everything now. That's true. That's it's true. Aluminum foil. <laughs> now I kind of want to get a turkey browning sleeve. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to combat rounds. All right, we are back. It's time for combat rounds. I'm ready. So this week, Carrie is still feeling very low energy. I am so high energy right now. Uh huh. And so we are just going to kind of take it a little easy on this episode. Uh, we wanted to come back so folks didn't forget us, but we also don't want to like make it so that Carrie can never do another episode again. Well, I'm go- I'm definitely napping after this. Yeah. So uh, this week we put well over the course of the last about week and a half, we put out on the socials uh, a request for people to send us their questions about mm-hmm. gaming, and we're just going to kind of you know answer them and and see what the what what is. So there you go. All right, Jason. Do you have any oh, questions? Do you have any questions for us before we begin, Jason? Why is Dakota wearing your big coat in this picture? Because we couldn't find her coat. That sounds about right. And and so she grabbed Ryan's coat and put it on, and then it was, like, really ridiculous. So. She looked like the little kid in the the bunny suit in uh, yes. uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, like she was yes. going to fall or, over and couldn't no, it's not, no, it's a snowsuit. It was a snowsuit, yeah, not yeah. a bunny. It was a snowsuit. Yeah. It was good times. Mm-hmm. Our first question is from Drew Meyer. How do you assemble a playtest group, and what qualities do you look for in said group? Live people with at least a smidge of interest in the thing I was doing. <laughs> so obviously the the first piece the first piece of that answer, though, honestly, sorry, the first piece of that answer, honestly, is that you want you know you do want participants, right? Mm-hmm. You want people that um, you know are are discerning gamers. Um, or you want people who have never gamed before at all, right? right. So, like, I ran a bunch of playtests with the gun belt, and um, the most fun I have ever had running a playtest was with a group of people who were at a convention that had never played a role-playing game before ever. And they were like, 
okay, dinosaurs and cowboys sounds cool. Let's do that. And it was super interesting because the things I learned about what did and did not work in my game from them was completely different than the stuff that I learned from people who are like us, you yeah. know, who, who understand mechanics and the, how game themes work. Cause there are a lot of things that we take for granted. We just kind of know, yeah, you know, <laughs> in particular, even just like some just verbiage that we use, you know, like, uh, go ahead and make a skill check. Okay. What's that? Oh, right. You know, and stuff, but anyway, so it was really, that was really insightful, but if you're really looking uh, to get a good playtest group together, I think you need to find, first of all, you need to find it in yourself to accept that not everybody is going to like what you're playtesting. And it is sure. important that you make them feel okay with telling you so. Right. Because it's kind of like when you, uh, when, you know, when you draw something or write something or make a craft. <clears throat> And you show it to your mom and your mom's like, oh, that's great, honey. <laughs> right. It's meaningless because she's going right. to just tell you that, you know, the truth is you are going to learn more from your play test from people who hate it than you are going to learn from people who love it. Right. And so, so you don't want to just go to your friends, though. They're a useful resource. Right. But you want to you want to hit people that are going to, um, you know, who are, are not going to be afraid to tell you what they honestly think. And that's what you want also. So I would say the very first quality you want to look for is people who are able to be forthright with you uh, without being mean. Because <laughs> you also don't want it to be like, your game sucks. I think there's three types of people <clears throat> you need in a play test or three types of groups. Maybe the, a group is better. Like you said, you know, people that have never played a game before. Right. So you get that perspective. Seasoned players. And then I think it's also really important, and this might not be so much a play test as just a read through, is we all have someone in our in our role playing group that will devour a book and pick it apart sentence by sentence and and can uh can power can power move and and can uh see how the power plays will work. Or like, hey, this rule is broken because if you put this added with this over here, suddenly this character would run rule everything. Right. You know, we all need a John Trader. Yeah, we need some. You need somebody who will uh, who will power game your game a little mm -hmm. bit once you get to that point. Yeah. You know, where where you're needing rules checked. So, so yeah. So that's kind of what I I think I look for in a playtesting group. I think that you you want to find someone who. Uh, you know, a variety of people as far as skill levels and knowledge of games. You want to find mm -hmm. people who are willing to be forthright and tell you if they like it or not and why. Um, <clears throat> and you also, I think, need to be, as a runner, a game runner, you need to be able to recognize that sometimes they're going to tell you, I don't like this because of this. Uh, and none of that is what's wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, you also have to be a little bit of a keen problem solver because sometimes like we think what we hate is uh, how much experience points it costs to raise our skills. But the real problem is that the XP reward system doesn't give you enough. Right. Right. And the problem is not the cost. The problem is how much you're getting, you know, things like that. You've got to really be able to tear it apart. So, but yeah. Um, and I also think note takers are helpful. Yeah. You know, um, if you don't have somebody in the group who'll keep notes, just have somebody extra who is not playing or running. So, so there you go. I hope that's uh, 
Hope that helps, Drew. I don't know what you're playtesting, but I'm curious. Yay. I know yeah. it's not that LARP you were partnering with Jason on. Oh No, no, it was going to be a tabletop game. Oh, well, I still don't. Busy, need to get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, right. we'll do a lot. Got to freeze again. Dang it! Right. Zoom. <laughs> All right. I was sent a message by someone that plays on one of my mushes. I don't recall. I didn't write down who it was from, so I apologize. It may have been T okay. two. I'm not certain though. Um. Uh, what do you do about other players that keep butting into roleplay without asking? So this is very clearly a mush-centric question, but I think it's actually a really important question because that is like one of the most frustrating things if you're in the middle of a scene and somebody just pops in. So in a tabletop group, this would be like somebody splits the party for a minute to do like a, a scene with just the storyteller and their character. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else at the table is like, Hey, can I be there? My character uh, walks in, my yeah. character walks in and is like, Hey, what's up? And butts in like without asking. So I think we deal with, <coughs> we deal with this in LARP a lot too, because you have, you'll be running a scene with two or three players who are like, I, I drive to the other side of town. And then you have somebody that like, Oh, y'all are having a scene. Here's my excuse for being there. Right. Yeah. And some, Sometimes it's okay, but it can't be a habit. You know, you can't teleport all over the place to wherever the most interesting thing is happening. Right. So I, but I think what they're asking is, what do you say to that player? Like, how do you stop okay. players from doing that? Right. Um, so what do you do in a mush? Since this is a mush, well, ultimately a mush. If I had, if I had an answer for that, my mush would be the best mush in the world. Um, I, I think. Well, I think there's. <laughs> There are some things, there are a few mm -hmm. things you can do. Like the, I think on the front end, on the front end, what you want to do is make it very known amongst your game that proper etiquette is to ask before you walk, before you join a scene. Yeah. Right. And so if you can, because if you can ultimately, if you can get people to understand that, then you'll never be faced with having to tell them to get out because they would be. You know, but that's a perfect world. And even when you have those rules, it doesn't always work. Yeah, because I've been in many a scene where you tell one person they can come in and then they'll bring three people with them. Oh, yeah. And then suddenly you've got seven people in the room and that's that's a game. You know, that's a scene that will now take five hours to complete. Right. And, and it's also a completely different scene than the one you were going to have with two mm -hmm. people. Absolutely. Yeah, especially in a mush, because sometimes in mushes, your two characters will go into a room uh, because there is a conversation that, like, you know, mush is a little more um, planned, I guess, sometimes, sometimes than yeah. a, a LARP or a tabletop game. Like, yeah. sometimes, sometimes a character is like, my character, you know, I'll be like, hey, Carrie, my character really needs to have a scene in which he talks about, you know, his dead parents, you know, and, and is vulnerable and stuff because I need to develop my character a little bit. Are you cool with that? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay. And then and so then we start that scene and then Jason's character just walks in. Hey, everybody. Woo! Yeah, like that, you know, and that'll. Woo! Yeah. Right. And then you've got to be like, uh, go away. And that doesn't, you know, and you can't just tell someone go away. You know, because right. you don't want to be rude. So, yeah, I don't actually have, besides trying to set up those, um, trying to set up those, uh, those rules at the start. Rules at the start. Yeah. Um, I and, think, I think sometimes it's best to just be 
honest mm-hmm. and try not to be a jerk about it. Yeah, there's also nothing wrong with going, hey, I can only handle X number of people in this scene. Right. I do think it makes a difference uh, on a mush if the room that you're in is a private room versus uh, a public room that's yeah. just out on the grid. Because I think that if if you and another character go to a coffee shop on grid yeah. and then someone else's character walks in, I think then the problem's you. If you wanted a private scene, you should have went to a, a temp room or a private room. But you still need to ask to join. Like, like there, there's, um, you know, you need to ask to join, but they should also say, yes, of course. Right. Because it's in a public place. Yeah. It's, there's a little give and take. Yeah. But I think if you had to actually tell someone, if, if a character showed up uninvited and unwanted, I think you just, you just, uh, send a little out of character message and you just say, you know, Hey, our characters were kind of hoping to, to have you know, a scene with just the two of us, you know, is that cool? Yeah. You know, are you, you know, kind of give them the, the choice to leave as opposed to just demanding they go. But that's the best I got. Yeah. So that's I guess the, the real answer that we have is develop etiquette in your play group <clears> such <throat> that they know better to do that and then enforce that etiquette yeah. as, as is best. Yep. John Brees asked, what is the airspeed velocity of an African swallow? It's 24 miles per hour. Oh, okay. there you go. Answered. Good. Ask and answered. Maybe next time something a little harder, John. No. <laughs> Why would you do that? No. So, Carrie, do we have her, anything else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Agatha. She asked a couple, didn't she? She did. Yeah. Okay. Um, she has many, many questions for she you. She does. Um, she's been, she said that she's been getting uh, very into play-by-post, specifically on Rollgate.com. You're wondering if any of us have branched out to play-by-post beyond Mush. And if so, which platforms have you checked out? What do you like, dislike using? I'm logging into Rollgate right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. Be this is a bad question for me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't play by post anywhere. Um, I obviously we mush, mm-hmm. and years ago, I mean, this is, I mean, like 15, so 20 years ago, I played in a play by post place called Illyria, like A L Y R I A. Um, and in fact, I was even a storyteller there for a little while, but I mean, that was so long ago, like, I, I. I don't believe it exists any longer or anything. Right. Um, A-L-Y-R-I-A. Yeah. <laughs> I'm logging in now. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah. Um, so I've never, the closest I've ever done to play by post is when my LARP group long, long time ago used to have uh, Yahoo groups. <laughs> And, you know, we would we would respond that way. And it was not instantaneous. Right. The way um, Facebook made it become. And it was not instantaneous the way Mush is. So I don't I I didn't dislike role playing that way. Right. It definitely um, slowed down. uh, The the rate that everyone responded. And so it wasn't like you had to be lightning fast. Right. 
Okay, I've got an important update. Oh, okay. Was that A-E-L-Y-R-I-A? I don't believe so. Are you sure? Because that is a play-by-post uh, website that's big enough to have its own Wikipedia page. Jason, you've done some play-by-posts, though, like the oh, war. Oh, I've done a ton of it with yeah. the org. No, we no, no, running... not not with the org. Not, I thought you did something with... Um... Oh, well, it was a chat serve. I used to play on the old servers for uh, that White Wolf had on their page, but they were really just like a chat serve. It was yeah, no, sort of mushy. No, in no. That, mm. Not that one? No, it was like you mailed you mailed things. I remember you oh. telling me about this. Like you so would get that letters. Was back, that was for Underground Theater too. No, we no, d- no, no, it wasn't underground. You are incorrect, no. sir. No. It, w- it was I mailed things. How? When would that have been? It was it I was like a war thing like that. It was like a war thing. Was it diplomacy? No, it wasn't diplomacy. But diplomacy is like that though, right? It can be. It can. All right. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just making diplomacy up stuff. Diplomacy is a good mechanic system for a LARP. Uh, you know, I looked into something like that in like the mid 90s oh, or, or uh, maybe like 92, three. When I went to Gen Con, there was a guy who ran a huge thing like that and I looked into it, but it was like $3 every time you sent him a letter. So I, I was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no thanks on that. Yeah, I'm a freshman in high school and I'm not going to send anybody $3, you know, to, to make a move in your big game. It looked cool though. Uh, man, uh, so we were not very helpful, Agatha, with that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm well. You know, the last time I played by post, it was just on a form that was set up explicitly for the game to play by post, and that's how long ago it's been that people would just set up a form yeah. instead of using an existing platform. I miss Yahoo Groups for that. Yeah, I did a little bit with that uh, back when there was some D and D game or something. I played like that for a while. But again, all this has been 15, 20 years ago. Right. Right. Now, I will say, and this is the reason why I get on to you, Ryan, because I remember exactly what the last play-by-post game was. It was a Warhammer Fantasy role-play server uh, in which I played uh, a human soldier that worshipped Sigmar. (laughs) And I remember the reason why I quit playing was because I logged in, and then I logged in like two hours later, and there was 200 messages that I would have had to have read to be caught up to know what to do next. Yeah, no. So I messaged the guy running, and I was like, I can't can't do that. Was he like, I understand? No, of course not. He was upset. Uh Uh, Marty used to plan one about, uh, it was a Dragon Riders of Pern chat server. Not chat server, a play-by-post. She played in that for a while, uh, but the people there were really, like, lore-picky, like, really, really lore-picky, mm-hmm. and it got, I don't know. It yeah, got and there's a nuts. lot of lore with Pern. Oh, yeah. And, and I've read almost all the books, and I was still like, ah, this is too much. Yeah. So, Jason, in looking uh, at the Illyria page, that may have been what it was. So it still exists. You can hop back in any time. Negative. <laughs> no, nope. not too late. Stop. I know. Why did you make a post run, once a year? I can't really get him good. to run the mushy storytelling for. 
He COVID, Carrie. COVID. None of us can run mushes right now because of COVID. Uh-huh. It's all the COVID's fault. Oh my gosh. Good times. All right. So do we have? Uh, yeah, we've got. She had another question. Too. She did have another question. I wonder what it was. Mm. Um. She says tabletop role play games and LARPs are such big transient experiences. What do you do to keep memories of them? Do you have mementos, keepsakes? Clearly, I don't remember the play-by-post game at all. <laughs> um, uh. And if so, what are your favorites? Uh, well, I think for, for, for mushing anyway, uh, people keep logs. On the on their on their character's wiki page, right? So you know, because you don't physically have anything for a mush, so like you you can go back and see every scene you've ever been in, and right? Then, and like when you look at a character that's you know five or six years old, that's a lot of role play. Oh yeah, and so that's that's pretty cool. Um, and a lot of a lot of mush people will do artwork for their characters. And right. so that's always kind of cool, too. Um, one of my favorite things from a mush is I had another player commission a um, a scene that we were in to be drawn by another artist. Sure. And that was really, and she like, one day, you know, Kim was just like, I'm sending you something. And I'm like, what? And then I opened up the link and I was like, oh my gosh, that's our scene. And it was very <laughs> cool. So... I don't know. Um, I've I haven't really intentionally went out of my way to keep a memento of a game, but I do have folders and folders of all of my old characters. The sheets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which typically for me included a a, a one page background and a drawing of the character on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as LARPs go, I have a you know, costumes, the old costumes of everything I wore. I do have like a favorite, I do have a favorite, a couple of favorite props that mm-hmm. I've managed to to keep over the years. The really great ones, I'll tell you the really great ones are the ones that you can find a new character to use for, right? Like when, this is probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I had a character, it was a werewolf character who who was obsessed with, uh, there is one werewolf book, Rage Across the Heavens, where they do guru astrology, right? <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really work, uh, you know, but because it was written by people who thought it was cool, but didn't really quite ever try to put it into practice. <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, my character did that, and I had this like handmade tome that i had bought at some bookstore no, it was at a ren fair or something yeah i don't yeah. know and anyway and so i had as my character learned the different things i wrote about the different astrological you know the planets and what they meant and all that stuff and did all that and one day i'm gonna be able to play a werewolf again that does that and reuse that prop because it was great yeah um <laughs> one of my one of my favorite props that you've ever had ryan though was um Duke Nick's gloves. <laughs> and it was a, it was a, it's a set of, um, chain mail gloves or plate mail, plate mail and chain mail. I don't remember what it was. And they were these armored gloves that this character wore that he handed down to Ryan's character. They're basically, I mean, they're gauntlets. Yeah. They're gauntlets. 
really from heavy. from like a, a you know like a suit of armor knight like yeah kind of thing yeah they're very cool and they're heavy and it was crazy when he gave them to me like at the end of the night I went to give them back to him and he was like no no that's I bought them at for a prop I, I'm giving them to you and I was like you probably paid like a hundred bucks for these yeah and he was like yep <laughs> oh, okay so that was bizarre <clears throat> um. I, I've got a ton of mementos from LARP, um, and uh, like one of one of my favorite is um, Jason. You made it is the the demon box. Oh, the box! Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things because it was you know we were talking about as storytellers that we needed a a prop for this for this you know demon box that all the players were going to be trying to get and figure out and all right. this. And Jason was like, I'm on it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then when Jason brought it to game, he was like, come here, Carrie. You know, and you were giggling. I remember that you giggled yeah. when you showed me. Because when you opened it up, you had lined the inside with salt. Because that's what you keep demons in. Yeah, and it was it was very cool. So that's that's one of my favorite. I've got, I've got a ton of stuff, but like I always think that when it's a homemade thing, yeah. that it's it's a little better when you show a little craftsmanship of your players. Do you have anything uh, from old characters, Jason, that you, you couldn't get rid of? I used to, I used to keep a lot of like item cards that I'd gotten over the years. Oh yeah. I've got a really big deal to me is to keep all the item cards. Um, uh, The one that I remember most, it's werewolf too, because I, you know, I played so much werewolf. It was when I played my first character, which was in y'all's game from cub to Cleoth. Because I'd never done that before. Claw. Uh, I got you know one of the one of the the person who was the den parent at the time gave me uh, a talent, not a talent, but a fetish for uh, becoming Cleoth, and it was uh, it was just a set of little wooden wheel looking things with runes drawn on them. But it really meant a lot to the character, and it meant a lot to me because it was this physical prop that I got to wear for the next well almost five years that, that right. we played that game. Hmm. Uh, and it was just part of the character from then on. Uh, I also used to, back when I played Bofferlarps a lot, I would always keep whatever the weapons that I made for a game, would keep those forever. Uh, they've all fallen apart at this point because that was 20 years ago, but that was something I used to keep a lot. Was uh, Anytime I make a prop like that, it went up, like not quite hanging on the wall, but I would put it up so I would always have it. Yeah. So... I have I when we LARP there was a time when we lived in Chicago where we LARPed like Friday night Friday night Saturday night Sunday during was, the daytime and then every other week there was a Thursday one. Yeah, and there was a Thursday. And I mean and they were all different genres, all run by different people, all different games and stuff. Most of them were World of Darkness. Uh but anyway, and it got to because we played so much, um I started buying like pencil cases, like cloth pencil cases. Uh, and, and I would put, um, I would put my item cards in them. Right. That's a good one. And so Carrie has one pulled one out Mm -hmm. for this conversation. And so I thought for the first time in like 10 years, let's open it and see what, what's in here. Cause it's probably funny. So I could tell you this character was named Nathaniel Donaldson. Oh, that's a vampire. And he was a, he was a, uh. Gang, uh, a gangrel. gangrel, but it was the a mariner gangrel, mm-hmm. uh, which meant he was a fish gangrel, and which he meant he had a blowhole. <laughs> he, he worked at the Shed Aquarium, so I actually have there are Shed Aquarium business cards for him in here, uh, as well as 
the earring I used to wear for him. Uh, there are, oh, these are <laughs> blood tickets. <laughs> <laughs> They're still good. They're still good. They're still good. Um, there is a... We'll take pictures of everything. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read just a couple of item cards because I, I won't remember why I have any of them, but it's funny. So there, here's one. Five. So for folks who don't LARP, uh, and it's in parlor LARPs, you would use index cards to represent items. They would call them item cards, but basically you would write what the item is and then the storyteller would, would sign it to legitimize it as an in-play item. So I have five doses of Megadon immune enhancers made for animals. Parentheses, these are tainted with banes in a bottle. <laughs> and then I have nice. a contact email for a storytelling staff. <laughs> oh, how funny. I have a cooler with ice and dis- diseased dead fish. <laughs> That's not good anymore. <laughs> that also has this has a contact info. Uh, I, I, I imagine that those fish were good when you put it in the pencil case. Maybe <laughs> just bad over the last after 10 15, years. Right. Yeah. Okay, this is fun. So, a lot of folks who are listening know Jennifer Loopy Smith. Well, she's yeah. not, she's Jennifer Pulsifer now. Yes. Loopy. Loopy. Loopy is kind of famous in World of Darkness LARPs, and she's went on to do like lots of editing and writing and stuff for like the Binax Studios mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Anyway, she's she's very, awesome. She's very important. Very talented. Anyway, and her character, she had a crazy a crazy Mal-Kay, character. Man. Like my character hated that character. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, we loved that yeah, character. Yeah, I, I love the character as a player, as my, my character, because I was also Malkavian, and I was terrified of her. So... <laughs> I have uh, anyway. Her character gave my character the a first Aquaman number one comic book. Yeah. Uh, so I have a bunch of money. Here's ten thousand dollars. Oh yay! A thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Lots of I have lots of money. Oh well, yeah. Uh, vampires. Wow, these are all thousand uh, dollars. A pistol plus two traits. Negative loud. Uh, I have <laughs> I have a chainsaw. Loud makes pistols hit worse. I have a chainsaw. Parentheses gas powered. <laughs> now, one of those electric ones. Hard pack. <laughs> um, I have a Confederate issue antique knife, circa eighteen sixty-two. That's right, because he was in. He had served. He had served yeah. in the Confederate. Yeah, because yeah. he's dirty. Um, Doctor James Alifred business card, along with an email that is a hotmail. Yeah. Wonder if that's still good. Yeah. Large schematic and engineering map of the Chicago Water Department's water intake crib tunnels and pumping mm. station locales. <laughs> so, so oh, good. and then the last card is perhaps the most important: steak. Every good vampire needs steak. Mm-hmm. It's what's for dinner. Yeah. So anyway, there's a little <laughs> funny trip down down memory. There you go. Memory lane. All right, and then she has a a follow-up to that question. Okay. Okay. She says, other than the LARP squid cult. <laughs> no, this is from Christopher Pastelnik. Oh, it, he's oh our I'm new, sorry. He's a new patron. He is. I apologize. I thought that that was... This is from the lead storyteller oh. of Corpses and Curios oh, podcast. Okay. Okay. He said, other than the LARP... <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Other than the LARP squid cult, what are some other odd and surreal moments that each of you have experienced role-playing? 
for me, one of the weirdest surreal moments is, and I've talked about this before, is when um, I first started playing Werewolf in Chicago and I was recognized from a Gen Con game. Right. Um, by Amber. And that was really surreal. Because I knew no one there but one person. And then out of the blue, not only was I recognized, but like she just decided I was part of their group. <laughs> and I was just in. Right. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Had anything surreal or strange, Jason? Well, I mean, like, there's a lot of weird experiences. It's hard to say. Like, one of the the weird good experiences I've had is really kind of role-playing adjacent because we were uh, – uh, we used to role-play downtown at that uh, – where was it? It was like a campus and a black box theater and a bunch of things, right? Yeah. And that yeah. big building downtown, Chattanooga. And so because a lot of it was public property, we would get – like people would just be there outside. And one night, this family, uh, I'd say family, it was a, a large group of uh, Hispanic people, and they were having a barbecue. In the, like in the parking lot. In the parking lot. So I just came down and kind of like checked things out, and uh, I wound up having dinner with them, and that was very nice. <laughs> uh, do you know what was also weird? Do you remember the time that there was the wedding oh, venue? So we played. We yes, played the uh, wedding. I forgot. Yeah, we, we LARPed in a, a venue that was just like a – it was an art gallery, right? And uh, and so we were there you know, on Friday and Saturday night super late, and there was – in the other end of the building was a wedding venue. And at some point, the wedding – dispersed and everybody was going home and for whatever reason the the folks the families there they did not want the leftovers of all of the food from the wedding reception and and they were no joke there's there is this super expensive italian restaurant like you know called cafe roma here in our town i mean and it is like you know everything everything is made from scratch and is it's it's expensive it's and it's delicious good. and stuff and, and so they just brought over like these huge huge trays of of fettuccine alfredo and uh, there was a vegetarian pasta of yeah, some type. I don't remember what it was. Breadsticks and just everything. Breadsticks and salad and all. Yeah. And they were just like, do you guys want this? Because it's – and it was like still warm. <laughs> it was really good stuff too. And, and what was really, was really awesome is that happened on a night we had a bunch of visitors. So, <laughs> so it made a really awesome impression. Yeah, so everyone was like, wow. <laughs> we're yeah. like, yeah, this happens never. But <laughs> Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I'd, I'd say my other surreal experience is everything to do with goat LARP. Oh, yeah. It was so crazy and a lot of fun. And uh, I don't remember if it was – I think it was goat – yes, it was goat LARP. We ran out of gas on the way home, and there was a problem with our credit card. And also there was a problem with the backup credit card we had that wasn't ours. But uh -oh. something had happened with yeah. it and it had been canceled while we were gone, right? Mm. And we didn't know that. So I had to apply for a credit card on my phone <laughs> that night and get that, right, and use that number to get gas. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I know that's sort of LARP adjacent, but. You're lucky. You are lucky that you have, you know, decent enough credit that you could actually do that. Oh, no, it was bad. It was very bad. Trust me. Yeah, but you I still. I do not have good credit at all. But you got approved for something. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, anybody who has uh, 90% a 90% interest rate for a $200 credit card, period. No, that's true. That's true. You only need what a, I needed that night was to get approved for something like that. A tank of gas. Yeah. Just enough to get me home. And then I had to cancel, pay that off and cancel it immediately as soon as I got home. <laughs> yeah. I will say also, anytime uh, I've ever had to carpool with gamers is always uh, just a surreal experience. I've, <laughs> I've, uh, as far out compass wise as I've gone, it's always been with a LARPer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like north, south, east, or west. It's always been, you know, with a, a car full of gamers. Yeah. And I'm going to say that one of the absolute best parts of being a LARPer over the years is the fact that it's taken me like Milwaukee is not like this amazing city, but I had a lot of fun visiting Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Right. And we got to go to Las Vegas for one of the trips. We've been to y'all been to NOLA twice or three times now. Uh, with, a lot more. Yeah. I mean, with, with LARP a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. Oh, that's right. Y'all used to go down, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, we right. sp- we've sp- spent a lot of time in Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. Lots of time. I've not in- done Tampa yet. I'm not sure, like, other than that Nazi club. I don't know anything else that's in Tampa. I was in Philadelphia once. Uh, we were in mm-hmm. we were in Washington D.C. a few times. Yep. Um, yeah. I was so I didn't go for the LARP, but I attended a LARP while in uh, Oakland. Yeah. California <laughs> once. Uh, yeah. I mean. Crazy amounts of uh, Iowa travel, Iowa city. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think people don't realize, but like, or we don't think about it while it's happening, but in hindsight, LARP is a fantastic way to travel for actually pretty inexpensive. And you know what? Like Atlantic city, I would have, I doubt I would have ever just went to Atlantic city for the weekend. No, never. it's, It's not my kind of town, but going to Atlantic city, Beyond the convention that we went to and the games we played while we were there and the cool stuff that we got to do, it was cool to walk down that boardwalk. You yes, know it what was. I mean? Yeah. It was cool to look at some of these buildings that are almost 100 years old. It was cool to go to Atlantic City. Right. Uh, there's just so many things like that I've gotten to do because of LARP. I've gotten to be in some of the nicest hotel rooms that, I'll, that I could even imagine. <laughs> right. What, what was that one called? Where all the rock stars? Uh, the one in Las Vegas, or the, no. the one we broke into in the showboat? No, there was <laughs> there no, was the a, one with the carpeted walls. It was a, it was one of the it was the exclusive upstairs room for the old House of Blues. Yeah, I don't the rem- quilted walls. Yeah, they were quilted. Yeah, but and like in But you didn't want to touch it because there was probably like cocaine. Yeah, on them and stuff. That's probably the least on there. Yeah. And the carpet was that, That's where that really started. old, deep, deep carpet. Right. It's not like shag, but it's like just really thick. And it was so old that there was trails walked into it that were like literally an inch deeper than the surrounding carpet. Yeah. Yeah. It was just crazy. Well, the so the, 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 the big surreal experience that I had LARPing was the very first time we went with uh, TGN. It's a werewolf network. They held the, their very first like big national event was at this state park in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. called uh, Wyalusing State Park. And That's a cool park. 
And it was just, I mean, it was just, they had a, a campground there that was like six little cabins that were each of the cabins housed like a dozen people. And then there was a, um, like a mess hall, a mess hall. And then, you know, fire pits and stuff. And this thing is right on, it's right on the, the river. Is it the Mississippi river? I don't remember. It's right on a big river up there. Um, and, uh, it's up on the, the, you know, this, it's not mountains, but I mean, really high up on these hills with these cliffs that drop down into the river and all this stuff. And when it was like midnight and we did, uh, there's a, a, you know, a, a part of the game in werewolf where like you have a moot and everybody, like all of the characters would howl, right? It's like an opening howl. Like, yeah. And yeah. typically when you, when you run a moot at a game, people don't really howl because you're in a building somewhere or you're in a, you know, there's somebody you're going to wake up or whatever. And so usually people just go, howl, and that's like all they do or whatever. But because we were in the middle of nowhere, everybody howled. And when we stopped howling, the actual real coyotes howled back and it got dead silent. <laughs> and we all, so cause here are all these people who are from like Chicago, all these, all these city, city folk. people. And we all just looked at each other like, Oh shit. <laughs> we done messed up. They're going to come eat us. We just did a mating call or something. I mean like, but it was that, that was uh, like the, the hairs stood up on my mm -hmm. arm. It was chilling. And it really was. Uh, and in hindsight, it was also amazingly wonderful. Yeah. Like how cool was that? You know? So anyway, that's, that's kind of my, my big surreal one. So, all right. Well, the, uh, the other, our last question is also from Christopher Pistelnik, head storyteller of corpses and curios podcast. Uh, and he asked, what is one of the best presents or gifts that a player or storyteller has ever given you? Besides their time. Aww. Aww. All right. So I have a, a couple that I'd like to talk about. Marty, when we went to one of the New Orleans uh, Grand Masquerades, they ran uh, the new werewolf game, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she played a cub, and uh, whoever they – they decided this beforehand, but whoever was the most attentive cub that seemed most into whatever was going on, they were going to give them this blanket that they had made that had all the guru glyphs for this big story on it. And so it was a – it's a beautifully done blanket. It was wonderful, and she was crying when she uh, left there. She she loved getting that so much because that's the thing that she had gotten. Uh, but for me, this guy used to run. It used to come over to our house, and he would play. You know, we run Dungeons and Dragons. We run Exalted. We run. Uh, he ran Shadowrun, and uh, crap, I forgot the other name. Uh, uh, anyway. We, we played a bunch of games over the years. Yeah. And every year at Christmas, even though we were all just completely flat broke, he would buy me a new copy of whatever source book for the game that we were playing right then was. Whether it was he bought one of the Exalted books and gave it to me. He bought uh, the Shadowrun book and gave it to me. And he bought Savage Worlds. He bought a copy of the Savage Worlds book and gave it to me. And that's here, what run this. Every year. And, I'm sorry? I said, here, run this. <laughs> you know, well, the Shadow Run one, he was running, and he wanted me to have my own copy. And it was, uh, at the time, $60, yeah. $70 book, which was not something I could really justify buying. Yeah. And uh, he said, I don't want anything returned. Y'all make dinner every week because you host. 
I just want you to have this. That's and awesome. It was, it was just beautiful. I appreciated it. So I kind of have three that really stand out. Like the the first is uh, um, I once had I, I arrived at a LARP to and walked in, and the entire game had staged a surprise birthday party for me. <laughs> and I walked in to start game, and everyone yelled surprised. And yeah. I mean, of course, I was not surprised. I I had figured oh it out. Oh my god, he was so surprised. <laughs> yeah. And and that was that was pretty awesome. You know that that everybody like appreciated that I was a storyteller enough to, you know, to kind of participate in that. And that was really awesome. Yeah, I think they should have all appreciated the fact that I had to get into a fake fight with you to stall you. And all the time he's going, "What is your problem?" I'm like, "Look, if you're gonna." this way maybe we shouldn't even bother going <laughs> what if you talked him into not going i know right 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 that so- wouldn't today i would have been like okay all right i'm out i'm out i didn't want to go anyway right. it was your idea yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh the the second thing it actually happened just just this year and that is uh one of the guys from our larp chris bonnet um had learned that I had been looking for like literally two decades trying to get a copy of the werewolf wild west poker deck that white wolf published back in the nineties. Uh, and I had never been able to find one in good condition. That wasn't like a hundred bucks. And, uh, and somehow he came across one that was a reasonable price. Uh, and I don't know what that was, but he, he, Promised me he did not pay hundreds of dollars for it. He said it was a reasonable price. Uh, and he just got it because, you know, thanks for, for running, you know, the LARP that I'd played in for the last 10 years. And uh, and it was particularly awesome and kind because I had not been – like the LARP that I had ran for him had ended like a year before that. and But he still felt appreciative enough yeah. to have done that. And so that was really cool. I really liked that. And then the last one – um, the la- I've gotten lots of cool stuff over the years yeah. for being a storyteller and stuff. Um, but the last one uh, was actually kind of a dual thing between uh, Carrie and Aaron Kiever, who was a player in our LARP. So many years ago, we were playing the werewolf game and we went to uh, Gen Con and the artist Steve Ellis was there mm. and he was selling a bunch of the original artwork that he had done of all of the NPCs in the back of <clears throat> the silver Fang tribe book from the werewolf, the apocalypse game. Uh, and he had, uh, he had all five of these drawings. Um, and bef- strangely enough, I actually could only afford four of them. And so I bought the four that I liked the best and was like really kind of lamenting. I wish I had been able to get all five because they're really awesome. And then like at some point, a couple of days later, Carrie learned that Aaron had bought the fifth one because she liked it. And at some point, uh, Carrie had worked out with her. Like I had bought another another piece of art there that like I would not have bought had I known I was going to find those others. But Aaron actually really liked it. And so secretly, like, Carrie just orchestrated this trade with Aaron. And so Aaron and Carrie got me, like, the last piece of art that I needed to have all of the Silver Fang NPCs from the the tribook. And that was super cool. And now they hang here in Real Fun Studios Lodge. Yay. 
<laughs> so, what about you, Carrie? Um, what did I get you that was good? Oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, the, I mean, I've my my players have always taken good care of me. Like I can remember when I was pregnant with Dakota. <laughs> players would just show up to game with strawberry milk and just hand me strawberry milk because that whole was night. the thing that you craved yeah and like and it, i'm i mean i i don't remember that i was crazy about it like i don't think i was like if i don't have strawberry milk i'm not running game you know but like everyone just took care of me and i always appreciated that um it was always very kind um but the other the other two things that come to mind is uh back in Indiana, when I first started storytelling, um, I was not good, <laughs> but my players were still aren't. Um, my players were always, again, very supportive of me. And I think it was my second year. Maybe it was my first year as a storyteller around the holidays, around Christmas. Um, they had all pitched in together and bought me a, um, a holiday ornament of a wolf. Like a blown, oh, like cool. a blown glass wolf, and it was, it's still one of my most precious ornaments I have because, like, it was just so, because it was game related, but it wasn't like, ha ha, here's our game related thing. It was a, we know you like putting up your Christmas tree and our, you know, really like Christmas, and so we know you well enough to know that you would like this. And it was also cool because, as I recall, at that time. The players that we had were not, uh, they were not um, very well off. No, not at all. And so it meant so much to me. Every year I pull it out and I'm like, oh. Like I always make sure to wrap that up in the good bubble wrap. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the second thing that really stands out is um, 10 or 11 years ago. I don't remember. It must have been 10 years ago because Dakota was born. Um, we had a tornado come through town and it jumped our house and it damaged a little bit of our roof and we had trees blocking us so we couldn't get out and it was just crazy pants. And that happened like in the middle of the week, like on a Wednesday. And we had games scheduled that Friday and I was a mess because everything was just terrible and you know we, I couldn't... we ended up being without power for almost three weeks yeah you know and it was just really everything was just up in the air and I had a baby and just it was crazy and Ryan had said no we need to go to game just let's go to game they have power so don't you know just calm down you know our players will understand if we don't run the best game there right. is well my birthday was like the next day And I wasn't even thinking about my birthday because, you know, a tornado. And when I got there, all the players, they, I had a cake and I had cards and, um, you know, I had some presents, you know, I don't even remember what the presents were, but like just the fact that everyone had thought of me and, you know, like everyone was like, don't worry, you know, Jason, I remember you held Dakota for almost the whole night. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, I do remember that night. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was the night after the hur- uh, the tornado. Yeah. I also remember, though, that like half our game showed up that weekend to yeah. help pick up all of the stuff in our yeah. yard. 
That was amazing too. And then the other thing I remember about it is that uh, our to raise money for people in our town, there was like a, a a relief fund that was set up. Yeah. And they were making a T-shirt to sell. They were going to sell a T-shirt, sell T-shirts, and so like you'd pay ten bucks for a T-shirt, and then like most of that money would go into this relief fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like businesses could spend a hundred bucks and get their logo put on the back of the shirt. So there would be like a dozen, you know, two dozen logos of companies on the back of the shirt. And one of the things I remember is that uh, Jeff Fowler, who uh, he was the president of the Guru Nation LARP org at the time, he donated a hundred bucks and got our LARP logo put on the back of his shirt. (laughs) And so I remember that it was ridiculous, but also amazing, you know, because Jeff lived at the time, Minneapolis, I think. So, I mean, or Twin Cities. I don't know. Uh, not here. He was not here. But yeah. the fact that, like, the president of our org thought enough to, like, you know, uh, yeah. send money to our town that was in real need. And that was that was awesome. Yeah. yeah Good no. times. Gamers are... We're in the warehouse. I remember that now. <laughs> so, I guess, in, in conclusion, Chris Pistelnik, Storyteller for Corpses and Curios podcast, uh... Gamers are either really amazing and giving, or they're complete douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that y'all gave me that gift. I think Brian got it for me that said, uh, the complete idiot's guide to storytelling, and then you sign it, Jason, you desperately need this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to game round. Oh, my God. All right, it's game game you that. All right, it's game do that. Yeah, you bet. All right, it's game. What? Who? Oh my god, I just want to go to sleep. We've come to the end. All right, so we're gonna just wrap up really fast because Carrie has has reached the her switch has been thrown and mm-hmm. she is ready for the bedtimes. Yeah. So anyway, um, that is our show. Uh, we will uh, hopefully get Carrie out of bed before next week, and we'll record another one of these. And uh, you can hear Trixie the Memory Hound bouncing around in behind us, her clicking across the floor. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so until then, uh, go find us on patreon.com slash podcast. You can go to honorrollpodcast.com to visit our website. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast or facebook.com slash group slash podcast if you want to actually interact with us. Uh, we're on Stitcher and all of those places, iPad, iPoop, uh, iPoop. I poop. That's the Apple toilet. I poop. Oh my God. Uh, we're on uh, iTunes and all that stuff. So anyway, and I'm still trying to get us on iHeartRadio. I've submitted it, but have not been confirmed yet. All right. Until next time, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon. Carrie the Legend was here. Jason the Favorite was here. Uh, remember, the only way to win a role-playing game is to have fun. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. Everything in between